You are listening to The Ingenious Podcast, where God's Word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by The Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that help us this evening, even as we continue with our deliberations. Let the heavens be opened over us. Let great grace be poured upon us. We ask that tonight, may we have another visitation. Change lives, work miracles, open doors, heal diseases, cast out devils. Even in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, we pray. Amen. Thank you once again for making time to be with us. It is always an honor to have you join us. We don't take it lightly. Uh, that you spend precious time with us. Um, God bless you. God bless you. Uh, this evening, we are continuing with our discussion and we are talking about state legalities and also responsibilities. Now, this afternoon, we started our, our discussion on on something that the Lord was ministering to me about from the book of Galatians. And in the book of Galatians, particularly from chapter number four, it tells us that though an heir is born in a royal house, as long as he remains a child, he is not different from a slave. He is not different from a slave. And this afternoon, we also did emphasize that stature is important because stature for us as believers, as part of the legal framework of God, stature is a birthright. And birthright, the more we think about birthright, the one thing I also want you to get into your spirit this evening is that birthright qualifies us for an inheritance every birthright qualifies us to inherit something and so we are not just princes and princesses we are not just children of god but what we are also is that we have been qualified to receive an inheritance from god that inheritance is what is supposed to set our lives apart from the world it is that inheritance that is supposed to let people know who our father is you see when you meet somebody and the person says that i am a billionaire and you ask uh, are you as they call it a self-made billionaire and he said no i received it from my father immediately you see that people have the tendency to start mentioning names it's your father warren buffett it's your father bill gate it's your father elon musk they will start mentioning names it's your father carlos slim it's your father if you are black it's your father dangote (laughs) we will start mentioning names because we know the history of these people and we know the, 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 the splendor of their wealth. And so when we also 
are children of God, just as we read in First John chapter 3, that we are, he said that, beloved, now we are become the children of God. Now, now that we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, now that we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, now that our sins have been forgiven, now that we have been washed and cleansed by the blood, now that our sins and our guilt has been wiped away, now that we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He came to die for our sins and He was raised and He is coming back again. Now that we have come to believe, now we are the children of God. And because we are now children, what we have become is that we have become heirs and joint heirs with Christ. But even as joint heirs, as long as we remain babies, as long as we refuse to grow, it is more likely that even though we qualify to receive that inheritance, we will never receive that inheritance. So today I want to spend much time in the book of Galatians, then we will pray. So we are going to start our journey from Galatians chapter 1. It's going to be a long read, but please bear with me because it's something I really feel that I have to do this evening to be able to communicate certain points. It says that I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, I'm starting from verse 1, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, are you listening? Though he is the owner of everything, he is not different from the slave. Then he says that he is the, uh, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In that same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. We also, we also, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons and because you are sons god has sent the spirit of his son into your heart because of that we are able to say abba father he says that formally then verse 7 says that so you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son than an heir through god formerly when you did not know god you were enslaved to those that by nature are not god let's please listen to the verse 8 verse 8 very carefully 
formerly when you did not know god you were enslaved by those that by nature are not gods but now that you have come to know god or rather to be known by god how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose leaves you want you were one or you once were or whose slaves you want to be once more beloved we are talking about teacher responsibilities and legalities now you've come to realize that when you are a child what you are is that you are a slave to the elementary principles of this world the air let me pick it again so our stature is a birthright and our stature is our weight it's about our position it's about the 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 throne we occupy it's about our influence in the spirit it's about our ability to live in power and to manifest power and to be able to carry out and enforce the pronouncements of heaven that is our birthright and as our birthright what we are is that we are joint heirs with christ and as joint heirs what we are is that we have received a promise from the father that he has qualified us to enter into a realm where we can receive things and so when we read the book of uh, um, corinthians the first epistle of corinthians he says that, that we will know the things that are freely given unto us there are things that that we that we we are supposed to receive as children as children of god and some some of these things is the first thing that we qualify to receive is life the the the, 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 the it's not only life but we are also we also qualify to receive his spirit not only the spirit but we also qualify to receive the gifts and the abilities of the spirit that is what he has qualified us for and and that is part of our inheritance the other thing is that he has given us a pedestal in the spirit the bible says that jesus said something about john the baptist he said that john the baptist is the greatest of all the prophet that has ever lived but then he is saying this that in the kingdom the least person in the kingdom is greater than the prophet the greatest prophet that ended the old testament the least in the kingdom the least in the kingdom so you, you have to understand that the kind of power the kind of glory the kind of honor that god has given the children of the kingdom is actually more glorious than the prophets of old in fact the bible says that the prophets of old they sought to see this day that you and i are witnessing they they begged to see it they inquired about it but they only had dreams and visions and if you are reading the book of zachariah you realize that all they were receiving
all they were receiving were messages of our time. But for us, Christ has died and paid the price. He's risen again and we have, we have received the promise of God. This promise is supposed to set us free. The Bible says that it's not only supposed to set us free, but it's supposed to bring us onto the path of growth. Because you see, until you and I, we choose to grow in God, what we will be is that we will be children who have everything but will receive nothing. We are living in a day and age where a lot of people profess Christ. We claim it, we name it, we jump it, we speak it, we dream it. But at the end of the day, what we realize is that we are not experiencing it. We are not experiencing the things that the scriptures stipulate. We are not experiencing the stories of the Bible. So because of that, we are living in homes that children question the faith of their fathers. We are living in families where children or we are we ourselves, we are questioning the faith that we have chosen to follow the christ that we have chosen to follow we are living in a church where 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 people are dying of things they should not be dying of the life that he promised we are not seeing that life he said that for this reason that the son of man came that he we will have life and have it more abundantly where is the evidence of the abundant life the evidence of the abundant life is in our ability to grow in stature and because we have refused to grow in stature what the the bible says in the book of 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 galatians it says that now the verse 8 says that now we have been enslaved by nature Uh, we have been enslaved by things that are not powerful we call them gods we call them spirit but these ones they are idols they they, they are not the true god but these are the things that have enslaved our lives and these are the stories we hear when we go to church and somebody says that i'm a somnia 20 years 15 years 10 years in Sonobon, some air me. The Satan was worrying me, and I've been a believer for 10 years, for 20 years, for 15 years, for five years, and I was living under the oppression of the enemy. Why is it that we are believers? We claim to be filled by the spirit, the greatest spirit that can ever live in any being, and yet we have been enslaved by nature those things that are not supposed to have power over us they have power over us they have power over our marriages they have power over our destinies they have power over our careers they have power over our health they have power over our wealth they have power over everything that we desire that is because we have decided not to grow because a son is one that is grown a son is one that is grown but because we have chosen not to grow what we are is that we have become children who are like slaves and so you realize that when we look at the son that is used in this test we are talking about heels in greek when we say heels 
we are talking about the son that is legitimate the one that truly qualifies for the inheritance a legitimate son that is a heels and in the stages of growth this is the 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 sixth stage of the growth description in the greek language in the greek language there are seven descriptions of growth and heels is the sixth telios is the seventh and telios is our is, is, is our ambition but what we see is that we have become like the people that the apostle paul refers to as children who drink milk and because of that we are unskillful in the word of righteousness and because we are unskillful it means that the one that is killed has an advantage over us and you see one of the things that we talk about when we talk about skill is that the enemy is a skillful warrior with 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 years of experience but for us what we are is that we are just happy to be called children of god and by children i mean babies in god so there are people who are lived so long in the church but then their impact in the kingdom of god is not seen so the responsibilities so this afternoon we talked about growth being we talked about um, uh, um, growth being a necessary step to come to the place of power and influence and we said that because power and influence is our ultimate goal in the earth listen it is in the earth it is not for anything everything we are talking about is for the functioning of the earth it is so that we can be able to rack up points we talk about that one later so our responsibility is to learn to love and to practice righteousness the bible says that whoever claims to be a child of god must love and practice righteousness because this is how we get to know those who are children of god they practice righteousness and this is how we get to know those who belong to the devil they practice sinning and he says that those who have been born of god they cannot continue in the practice of sin so you cannot say that you love god and for 20 years every day you confess your sins to god there's something wrong with your worship there's something wrong with your walk and this afternoon we also talked about we our responsibility is to please god and not man you see the reason why many of us we are making some choices in our lives in our family in our career is not to please god but to please man is to please ourselves is to please our ego is to appeal to our selfishness so it is our responsibility to learn to live our lives to please god in the presby church they have a song they say that adibiara mecca or something like that adibiara meye anka essese mibisa 
you see we have not learned to live our lives to ask god this decision that i am taking will it please you this relationship that i am going into will it please you this career path i am choosing will it please you this 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 journey i want to embark on will it please you this car i want to buy will it please you this house i want to build this style of house i want to build will it please you some say oh but isn't that isn't that too much does god really care about all these petty petty things i believe he does i believe he does i believe that god god wants to feel so important in our lives that he, he can see when he looks into the, the pettiness of our lives that he is the center of our lives. Because that is what he wants to be, the center of our lives. He wants our life, he wants our entire being to revolve around him. So we must learn the responsibility to learn to live to please God and not man. The other thing that we must learn to do, and this we see when we read Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Paul said that when I received the heavenly calling, I did not, I did not seek the permission of man. Because if I please man, whose servant am I? The next thing that we learn is that we must learn to become the servant of God and the steward of the mysteries and the secrets of God according to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. What do you know? You see, the reason why this is even of utmost concern to me is that we are living in a world where practitioners of dark art have, have mastered secrets and mysteries. Do you know that there is somebody in this world who can call forth the thunder and the thunder will appear? There is somebody who can call the lightning and the lightning will appear. There is somebody who can summon the clouds and it doesn't matter how sunny it is, that, that clouds will respond. There are men that have mastered mysteries and because of that they have become fearful people in society. But you are the child of God. We claim that our father is the creator of the world. He is the maker of all things, the possessor of all power. And yet when our lives comes into confrontation with these people who have mastered dark arts, we become afraid. The reason why we are afraid is that we ourselves, we have not become masters of the, of the ways of God. We, we are full of testimonies. We have become like Israel. We know the acts of God. We heard about how God opened the eyes of the blind. We heard about how God caused somebody who had not walked from birth to walk. We, we have heard about how God gave somebody who had not given birth the ability to conceive and to bring forth. And we know about all these stories. But the question is, as a believer who is supposed to walk in this dimension, when that challenge is brought to your doorstep, what will be your response? What will be your response? 
The witch or the wizard has mastered how to leave his or her body every day for a meeting. What have you mastered in Christ? Bible study, you won't do. Prayer, you won't do. Fasting, you won't do. Yet every day, yet every day, we are calling to God for God to make a way. What way again do we want him to make? For when Christ died, he paid the price that was hindering us from entering into the glories of God. And now that the price has been paid, the Bible says that and when he said it was finished and he gave up his ghost and the dark clouds formed and the earth shook, the Bible says that the, 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 the curtain in the temple that divided the holies of holies from the most holy place, it got torn from top to bottom to tell us that the the, the, the dividing wall is no more. And now we have boldness to approach God, to receive of God. But what have you received ever since you committed your life to God? What secret has been given to you? What secret, what mystery has been presented to you? What mystery have you mastered in God that if should, that anybody should be sent your way, if they should follow the instructions that you are giving, they will get the result you are prescribing. You see, the reason why we run, we run to men of God and women of God and pastors and all these things is that they have spent time to master a craft. And because of that, they are able to produce certain results. But the result that they are producing, it is not supposed to be an exclusive result. That result actually is supposed to be a mutual result. Because, because it is the same spirit that worked both in him and in I. That spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, the Bible says, is the same spirit that dwells in our heart. If he was able to bring Jesus from the dead, bring Lazarus from the dead, how is it that this same spirit is not able to deal with our barrenness? It's not able to deal with our unproductiveness. How is that this same spirit is not able to deal with our poverty? How is it that this same spirit is unable to deal with our diseases? How is it that this same spirit is unable to deal with, with the demons that are oppressing our lives? When this same spirit was able to do that for others, it is because we have chosen to become believers who are masters of nothing. The day that we gave our lives to Christ, they told us that now that you've given your life to Christ, all you have to do is to become a good Christian and make it to heaven. So don't steal. Don't lie. Don't kill. What does not stealing, not lying, not killing, what is it supposed to do for my life? It is only supposed to make a way for me to be able to enter into the glories of God. So it is my responsibility as a Christian that before I die, at least heaven should know me to be a master of a secret, a master of a mystery in the body of Christ. The other responsibility we have as believers is that we must represent God. We have to become 
men and women of God. You just don't have to be a Christian. It is your responsibility to be a man of God, a woman of God. I'm not saying be a pastor. I am saying that represent your father. That is what he has given us, an inheritance to represent him. We are his representatives in the earth. Bible refers to us as the ambassadors of God. So Elijah says, if I be a man of God, there is a response. Elijah is called Elijah, the man of God. Those who are reading um, the, the text from Zechariah, you realize that he is called Zechariah, the prophet. He is called, you, you, you read the stories and you realize that the references are always referring to these people as the man of God, as the servant of God. Paul says that Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ and a born servant of God. What we have become are fakes. A lot of us. We have become fakes. We have become disappointments. We are not children of God. We are not servants of God. Because you see, a servant lives to do the will of the master. A servant lives for the instructions of his master. What we have become is independent Christians with independent lives. We go everywhere, we say everything, we watch everything. A, a servant's life is under rules and regulation. Whose rule are you under? Whose command are you under? When was the last time the Lord commanded you? When was the last time the Holy Spirit commanded you? And because you are not a servant of God, you cannot represent jesus said that the words that i speak they are not my own words they are the words of my father what he is saying is that i have come as a servant in whose mouth the master has spoken you see in the olden days messengers were sent and when a messenger is sent the word that the messenger will come and declare to the destination where he has been sent it is not seen as the word of that messenger but it is seen as the word of the one that sent him who sent him and because we have not been sent we are not able to effect the change that god wants us to effect we are not able to represent him as we should and the next responsibility that we did not talk about is that we are called to strike terror and destruction to the camp of darkness in our allotted territory the bible says in psalm 125 the scepter of the wicked shall not reign in the land allotted to the righteous the bible says in first john chapter 3 verse 8 it says that for this reason the son of man was made manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil we we have a responsibility to take on satan Oh, Jesus. This, this evening, my wife was dealing with an issue that I chanced upon. And I was so angry. I was so angry because time and time again, I see that 
we are we are living in a generation that christians are fearful to confront evil and evil practitioners we are we are we are we are afraid to confront practitioners of 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 magic when the bible says that it is the violence that will take the kingdom we we have decided to become pacifists and because you have chosen to become a pacifist and not become a christian who strikes terror in the heart of the camp of the enemy when when the enemy sees you he sees you as his friend he doesn't see you as an enemy the witch will come and sit down and eat with you because he sees you as as the enemy in fact he's not only seeing you as an enemy he's seeing you as an ignorant enemy and so he comes close to you to take advantage of you to destroy you we have become christians that satan is not afraid of why the bible said to israel now that you have left egypt i will put the fear of you in all the territories that you are going to pass through when they hear your name they will become afraid and that is what helped rachel he said that we have heard of what the lord has done with you we heard we heard and that is why i am telling you that i am i am giving you a place to hide so that when you go and you go and give your report and it is time to come and destroy our city don't destroy myself and my family with the entire city because we know and we are afraid is the devil afraid of you is the witch in your family afraid of you is the is the fetish priest in your community afraid of you we have christians who claim to be christians but if you look beneath their waist there are charms when you look on their hands there are charms because they don't believe in the power of god enough so we have become christians that are sleeping with the devil how can you destroy what you are sleeping with For this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. And so we see that everywhere Jesus went, he was casting out devils. He was confrontational with demons. If you are, if if a demon appears in your room right now, I can promise some people will not sleep in that room ever again. They they will vacate the room until they are even if they go and call their pastor or their prophet to come and pray in the room they will still not sleep in the room fearful believers fearful believers satan is not afraid of us witches are not afraid of us demons are not afraid of us because and that is why we we love to live in sin God cannot help us and we cannot be fearful Christians because we, we like to live with sin. We like to accommodate sins. We have become Christians who don't have a no-nonsense attitude towards sin. We like to, to play around with fire. It is your responsibility that everywhere you go as a believer, Satan must be afraid that you have come. The Bible says that when 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 Apostle Paul and Barnabas came to the city, they say that it says that sorceress 
they came and they handed over their books and they bent images and because of that the smiths the goldsmiths the hammersmiths the the, the craft craftsmen in the city they banded themselves together and said that we will not eat until paul and barnabas especially paul is put to death because he is coming after our livelihoods nobody is is, is making orders for idols anymore he is affecting our sales who are you affecting wherever you go satan is happy to welcome you oh it is our responsibility to develop ourselves to become very fearful christians to the devils and to demons and if you and i are going to be able to represent god in that manner we must stand in the righteousness of god we must become true practitioners of righteousness we must stand in the holiness of god we must not some some people here they are sleeping around there, there are people here they, they are stealing there are people we are doing all kinds of things and that is why we know that we cannot face the witch because of the little things the little sins so why don't we let all these things go so that we can stand boldly for god in the time of battle the last responsibility i'm going to talk to you about is that we have the responsibility to speak into issues and into situations the bible says in the book of job that when we declare a thing it will be when the righteous declares a thing it must be established in the book of proverbs chapter 18 which is a very popular scripture it said that life and uh, life and death they are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruits thereof Isaiah 54 verse 17 another one we love to quote no weapon fashioned against us will prosper but you see we never read it to down there it says that and any tongue that rises up against us in judgment we will condemn because that is the heritage of the children it is your responsibility to be a speaking Christian when was the last time you began to speak concerning things mark the bible says that those things that are not he called them as if they be when was the last time you began to call things for your family call things for your marriage call things for your children call things speak into situations that no satan this this will not happen this way no, no, you are always crying in your prayer it's like it's like listening to a ghana worship song funny things it shows even in our songs because we don't know what our responsibility is you are supposed to be a speaking christian to be a creating christian to speak things into existence to challenge the status quo in the spirit 
You are supposed to speak, not to cry. Oh, sometimes we have to cry. Oh, I don't want, the Bible says that precious are the tears of the righteous. And that is why he sends that angel to come and collect that precious tear in the bottle. But our chief responsibility is to become speaking Christians. What are the legalities? The legalities is that, as I said, there are only two worlds, two options, two stands, two decisions, life and death, light and darkness, to live in the spirit, to live in the flesh. There are only two positions. That's the legal framework in the spirit. And for us as believers, our, our, our tripartite stand is faith, hope, and love. Love is the greatest of all of these. Tomorrow we are going to continue with this because I feel that there are still things we have to iron out because I want us to pray. Can we have the background music? Beloved, we have a responsibility to really, in our age, let's make Christianity beautiful once again. Can we make Christianity beautiful? How is it that when, it's, it's like when we read the Old Testament, why is it that even preachers love to preach from the Old Testament than the New Testament? Because when we look at the, the stories of the Old Testament, they are so fantastic. They are so beautiful. They are so representing God. When we look at the life of the apostle, even though a lot of the miracles that they did were not recorded, but we, we know that something strange happened wherever they appeared. That their lives were not normal. But we see Satan trying to disadvantage us because many of us have failed to live in faith. Many of us have failed to live in love. Many of us have failed to live in hope. And tomorrow, I feel a burden to just stay on this tripartite stand of the legalities of the spirit so that we can come to a place of true power. A place of true influence, a, a, a place where, where our value is like the value that our Father has bequeathed to us. Beloved, we have a responsibility. Do you know how many destinies has been tied in your family? This evening, my concentration is on the last two points I made. That we are called to become a terrorist in the camp of the devil. When Satan sees us, he should begin to flee and run. There should be some manner of confusion and scattering every time we appear. When Satan sees us, they are supposed to shake and shatter in fear. You have become a, a nice Christian for far too long. And that is why they will kill you early. Because as for you, God loves everybody. You even love more than God loves. This evening, I want us to come to the place. What is that thing that is making you afraid? You see, 
wherever there is fear to confront the devil that there is a sin we are practicing you cannot eat at the table of the lord and eat at the table of idols and this evening i feel that the lord really wants to deal with that issue where people are eating from two camps and yet they come to god and say that i have sold a seed i have i have given an offering and i have i have prayed and nothing is happening no no what is that thing that is why 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 can't you sleep in your room if you open your door and and there is there is a, a there is a snake that has legs in your room why would you vacate your room for that snake what is making you afraid is there a sin is there a lifestyle is there an ideology is there a practice of unrighteousness in your life that is making you become friends with the devil become friends with the destroyer this evening i feel that this is what the lord wants to deal with and i want you to lift your voice and pray with me search me oh god and know my heart david pray try me and know my thoughts see if there be any wicked way in me deliver me from that way lead me in the way of everlasting the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he will make me to walk in the path of righteousness for his name's sake he will lead me to still waters he will restore my soul so that when i walk through the valleys of the shadows of the dead <laughs> i will know they cannot touch me because i am a child of light and just like they found nothing in christ they have nothing in me i want to be that kind of christian that there is nothing hindering my light from shining there is nothing hindering my soul from becoming salty and i want to be that kind of christian whose fire is burning strong you want to lift your voice and pray and say that father today search me i am tired of this powerless lesson i i have prayed on this issue i have i have i i, I, I and, and and even when i pray i cannot believe because my my sin my my sin is not allowing me to even pray as i should some people now we have even become so adamant that we can't go to church but you want to lift your voice and begin to pray said that god help me god bless you for listening maranatha the Lord comes.